Welcome to Super Cool Super School, Learning with Second Grade, where we share what we know about the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Washington, D.C. We are Capitol Hill Day School Second Grade students of 2021. In this podcast, 23 students worked hard to answer a specific question. How does the neighborhood meet the needs and wants of the community? We interviewed people on the Capitol Hill to try to learn the answers. As we described to you in our first episode, Capitol Hill is a place with a lot of parks and row houses. Row houses are built very close together. A lot of kids in our class live in this type of home. Fun fact, did you know a wall shared between two homes is called a party wall? Row houses often don't have very big yards. Instead, people head out to nearby parks. The National Mall is not part of Capitol Hill, but it is close by and it is like a long giant park. People often go there for the museum or to relax with a picnic. But sometimes people hold marches to protest unfair things by gathering there. Capitol Hill is a community where people are trying to help each other. During this final episode of Super Cool Super School, Learning the Second Grade, we are going to explore parts of Capitol Hill, specifically Lincoln Park and Garfield Park. And in our final segment, we will share some information we learned about housing. In this first segment, you'll hear from Theo and me, Lauren. Hi, my name is Theo. I'm eight years old and I live on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. One thing I like doing on Capitol Hill is playing football in X Park with either my dad or my friends. Hi, my name is Lauren. I am eight years old. I live in Washington, D.C. One thing I like doing in the Capitol Hill neighborhood is going to every single park. It is so fun. On May 6th, we had a chance to hear a lot of interesting information about Lincoln Park from Carolyn Crouch and David Kaplan, who are from a group called Washington Walks, which leads walking tours around the city. We did a virtual tour with them over Zoom. Did you know that the most common tree at Lincoln Park is an elm tree? Another thing you might not know is that during the Civil War, they added a hospital to Lincoln Park because there weren't that many places for people to go when they were getting hurt. They called it Lincoln Hospital. Like many parks in D.C., Lincoln Park was planned by Pierre L'Enfant when D.C. was first planned. It has changed a lot since then to what it looks like today. It used to have a lot of curly pathways going every which way. Dave, I mean, Carolyn and David told us a lot about the statues of Mary McLeod Bethune and Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln's statue is known as the Emancipation Prop. I mean, Emancipation Memorial. They told us they are facing toward each other because it's like they're having a conversation. We learned that there was a slave named Charlotte Scott who, after being emancipated and learning that President Lincoln got shot, gave the first $5 for money she had earned as a free woman to start a fundraiser to honor him. There have been protests about the Emancipation Memorial because some people feel like the freed slave kneeling to kneeling next to Lincoln, represented by a man named Archer Alexander, is beneath him. They are upset because they feel this 
highlights inequality. There are a lot of opinions out there about whether statues like this should stay or be taken down. Now let us tell you about Garfield Park. Garfield Park is located just south of F Street and South Carolina Avenue, southeast. We already knew a lot about it because our school, Capitol Hill Day School, sits right across the street from it. To help us discover more about its history, we interviewed Brad Pine over Zoom on February 4th. He knows a lot about Garfield Park because, one, he's the president of a group that takes care of Garfield Park called the Friends of Garfield Park. Two, he lives right across the street from it and has for a long time. We didn't record our Zoom session, but here are some things we learned. In this segment, you'll hear from Theo, Aria, Clara, and me, Callie. Hello, my name is Aria. I am seven years old. I live in Washington, D.C. One thing I like doing on in Capitol Hill neighborhood is going to Rumsey Pool. Hello, my name is Clara Fitzgerald, and I am seven years old. I live in Cheverly, Maryland. One thing I like doing in Capitol Hill, the Capitol Hill neighborhood, is going to Eastern Market and buying um, some crepes from the crepe man there. Hello, my name is Callie. I am seven years old. I live in Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill. One thing I like doing on Capitol Hill is going to some of the nature centers nearby. You wanted to know how Garfield Park was changed over time. You might be surprised to learn that it used to be a lot bigger than it is now. Garfield Park was founded in 1792 as part of Pierre Lafont's original plan for the federally owned land that is Washington, D.C. It was called Reservation 17. The land sat unused for a long time, but in the late 19th century, they made it into Garfield Park. There used to be gardens, a building, and even a plunge pool. One of the events that cut down in size was the building of the highway. Another question we asked was whether Brad knew of a primary reason why people visit Garfield Park. He told us people use it for all sorts of reasons. Relaxing, playing, meeting friends, exercising. There are tennis courts, a volleyball court, and bocce ball court. A lot of people bring their dogs even though it's specifically not a dog park. Of course, CHDS kids use it the most for recess and PE. what the most popular time to visit Garfield Park is? Well, Brad says it's pretty busy all day long. People come early to exercise or walk their dogs. Technically, it closes at 10 p.m., but people still walk through it out late at night. Fun fact, 
at certain times of year there are sprinkles set to come at on at 5 a.m. for two hours. Bill Phillips, who was the founding president of Friends of Garfield Park, sat outside a couple of different days a week for a month to estimate how many people came through. By his estimate, 100,000 people visit Garfield Park each year. In our final question, we asked Brad if the part under the bridge is part of Garfield Park, and if so, will anything be done to help the homeless people who are sometimes there? Brad said under the area... And the area under the highway is not part of Garfield Park. It is controlled by the U.S. Department of Transportation and DDOT. They are working on cleaning it and finishing a passageway with lights. He says that the situation with the people under the bridge is unfortunate, and he hopes that the city is working on finding a solution to help them. This commitment led us to more questions. We wanted to learn more about causes of homelessness on Capitol Hill and what was being done to help people find homes around the city. In this final segment, you'll hear from PJ, Anna, Callie, and Lulu. I'll start by introducing myself. Hi, my name is Lulu Kluger. I'm seven years old. I live in Washington, D.C. And one thing I like doing in the Capitol Hill neighborhood is playing at the parks because Fun. Hello, my name is PJ. I am seven years old. I live in Washington, D.C. One thing I like to do in the Capitol neighborhood is playing at Garfield Park. Hi, my name is Anna. I am seven years old. I live in Washington, D.C. One thing I like doing in the Capitol neighborhood is to eat district taco, to bike to mostly anywhere, and to rollerblade anywhere in the neighborhood. Mostly anywhere, actually. On Thursday, May 20th, we met Rosie Nathanson. To introduce to you Rosie Nathanson. Some of you know Rosie from the neighborhood, from the fact that her children have one, one child is still at Capitol Hill Day School, Sylvie, who's at EC South. Henry went to Capitol Hill Day School. And Gailey also went to Capitol Hill Day School. So, yeah. So, Ari, you were Gailey's buddy? Gailey was your buddy? Oh, awesome. Um, what you might not know about Rosie is that she works in her professional life to help people who are not as fortunate as we all are. And so I know last week we talked a little bit about 
homelessness and you guys had a great discussion and came up with great questions with it, which I sent to Rosie last weekend. We learned that some of the reasons why people became homeless could be having unsettable situation growing up, such as being foster care, being unsafe situations at home with no help or having problems with drugs or alcohol. Hello, my name is PJ and how do you pay for centers if residents still have to pay rent? Um, so, like I said, the government, um, the D.C. government or the federal government, all kind of confusing topics, um, they pay for the shelter, so the individual person does not ever have to pay for a shelter. Um, and in terms of rent, we find them what's called a voucher. It's almost like a piece of paper, it's like a coupon, sort of, where we um, find it for them, they apply for it, they get a voucher, and they basically pay whatever they can. So sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's whatever amount of money they can pay and still buy food. They pay and uh, the rest is paid by the government. Hi, my name is Anna and my question is, how do you help people finding houses? Do you give them money? So I, I do not give them money. Um, I help, we help them find the house. Um, I don't personally do that as much anymore, but my team does, where they, um, they will sometimes drive someone around and they'll actually look for different apartments, just like your parents might. Um, and they'll, they have some choice in where they want to live. Um, you know, if they have a kid, a lot of our people have kids, so they get a certain number of bedrooms allotted for any kids. If they have two kids, they get a three bedroom apartment. Um, and sometimes they decide that I want to live over here, try to go to this wall, so it would be the best to find them a place that works well for, for them and where they want to be. Hi, I'm Colleen, and my question is, what are the, are the best and worst living conditions that you have seen? Again, I'm going to go with best. Um, so, surprisingly, you guys might be surprised, people are pretty nice apartments. Um, they usually get furniture um, donated, um, brand new furniture donated, and it's really up to them to keep their apartment nice. So, if they have the skills, which is something we help them with, to keep their apartment clean and well-maintained, they can have a really nice apartment. Um, but on the other hand, if people don't have the skills, they, you know, like anyone else, they'll get some, some little unwanted animals and um, roaches and things like that. And that's why we go, we go and check on their houses every week to make sure that they're putting their food away and that they're keeping it clean and that they don't get a bunch of um, rodents and bugs and things like that because they're not going to be very happy living there for, for a long time. So we try to help them before it gets bad. Um, so when they're on their own, you know, it's, it's, we help them maintain a nice place, but the places are usually pretty nice. My name is Lulu, and my question is, how do people get paid for tents to live in? 
Yeah, I like this question a lot. Um, so I heard that REI, which is a store down not too far from here, I'm really bad at directions, but somewhere over there, um, donated a bunch of the tents that are to, to homeless people to live in. Um, so they, in DC, I think they donated a bunch of them. Otherwise, some families will give people tents. Um, sometimes they, they use whatever money they have to buy them. Um, the tents are an interesting, interesting thing. I, I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about the tents. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's a nice community for people to live in. And sometimes it's even a little safer than the shelters. And the people that I work with really want to be able to keep the tents where they are. I think if you live in a house right near the tents, you might not be so happy about living there because sometimes they're not the cleanest. You know, there's like where do they go to the bathroom, what do they eat, things like that. Um, and I don't know, you know, if, if you or I were living in a house, I don't know if you want to walk out, out every day and see, you know, a whole city of, of tents. Sometimes it doesn't seem the safest or doesn't look so nice. Um, but the advocates, the people that support the homeless people, they really support the tents because it is almost another place for them to live and have independence. A lot of times in a shelter, you can't bring everything. If you have a pet, you can't bring a pet. Um, so in a tent, they have a little bit more freedom. So a lot of people are trying to push for the tents to stay. Some people in government don't want them. Rosie said that it might sometimes make you feel sad or scared to see a person living on the streets. She reminds us, though, that just like us, people experience homelessness, have feelings they often feel invisible because other people avoid making eye contact. Rosie has met wonderful people in her work. She said that if, you, if you're with an adult and feel safe, Sometimes just nodding at them or giving them a smile can go a long way in helping them feel acknowledged with words while they go through difficult times. We hope you learned a lot with us about parks and what our community is doing to help people experiencing homeless around our capital around Capitol Hill. We'd like to thank Carolyn Crouch, David Kaplan, and Brad Pine, and Rosie Nathan Nathanson for lending their experts in today's episode. Our teachers, who you hear sometimes in the background, are Aunt Claire Claston, Mr. Dave Shuey, and Lisa Summer. Lisa organizes all of our interviews. Mr. Shuey did all our music, and Aunt Claire edited and produced this <coughs> podcast. And a special shout-out to Liz Ruskin for Alaska Public Radio, who gave out tips of making podcasts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Super Cool Super School. Learning with Second Grade. This was our final edition because we are done with second grade. Goodbye.